0: Are you a sports fan who loves to have a good laugh. Oh, yeah! Then you're in the right place.
1: I'm gonna
0: make them an yeah. the welcome a man off again. Hey, everybody, welcome to the show. This week I have Adam MacArthur on. Adam, how you doing? Good, good. How are you doing? Good, good. Uh, so, how are things with you? What's new you're in your end?
1: Things are great. Just uh, coming off uh, a good couple of weeks of uh, new episodes of Star versus the Forces of Evil. So, the fandom is in tears and everything's up in flames, and the mid season finale changed everyone's lives. So, I'm just sitting back and <laughs> enjoying the chaos that is happening on social media at the moment.
0: Yeah. So, you play the lead voice of Marco Diaz.
1: That's correct. Yeah, I voice Marco. Um, we're in the middle of our third season right now. Uh, Disney XD just uh, these past two weeks did did like a, a big event for the show, um, and there have been new episodes every day for the past couple of weeks. They're they're trying out this new like binge binge theory, I guess they've got since everyone likes to binge shows nowadays. So. Yeah, everybody has been. There, yeah, every,
0: exactly. Everybody's into that whole new, you know, like let's release ten episodes at once, like Netflix, and just binge watch them.
1: Yeah, which is, you know, what it's for for shows that are live action. I feel like you know it's easy enough to make those uh relatively quickly, but for animation, to me, it's just insane. It's like the the turnaround time per episode. I forget if it's. If it's like nine months, it might be nine months, but definitely in between nine months and a year um per episode, and so for the product like for the people in production, I can only imagine like <laughs> it's like the baby you've just worked on for the last year, they just blow through all of them in two weeks, and you're sitting here like, well, I don't know, I guess I guess <laughs> we gotta keep back to work, you
0: know <laughs> yeah, but sometimes for certain shows that they call you guys back for to start filming the next season right away? Yeah. So, uh, in
1: between season, yeah, because the prop, the production time is so long. The process is so lengthy. Um, pretty much right after season one, we got greenlit for season two before season season one even started. So production knew that we were going to be going into season two. So they didn't stop. They got zero breaks and then the show kind of started gaining a lot of popularity. So that, happened also with season three and season four so yeah i started recording this show in october of 2013 and i've been in there pretty consistently um every week since 2013 so it's yeah they they, there have been no breaks
0: um tell the listeners a little bit about yourself like where you're from
1: Okay, cool. Yeah, um, I grew up in Northern California. I'm from a little city uh, just east, maybe like 15 miles east of San Francisco called Panola. Shout out to Panol. If anyone out there has heard of Panola, you get a, a high five over podca- <laughs> the podcast waves. There you go. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I grew up up there. I lived there until I was, gosh, 20, maybe 20. And then I moved down to L.A. And uh, yeah, I've been here for 14 years. pursuing acting and and doing that whole thing. But yeah, I I started acting when I was 16. Um, there's pretty much two things I've always asked my parents to let me do, uh, when I was growing up and that was, uh, to be an actor and to do Kung Fu. (laughs) So, uh, when I was 11, they put me in Kung Fu. And when I was 16, they finally put me in my first acting class, which was awesome. And, um, from there I got my first audition and booked my first job and saved my money and, and then moved myself down to LA to, Pursue my career.
0: Tell us about the first time you auditioned.
1: Uh, the first time I auditioned. Okay, so the the acting class that my parents put me in when I was sixteen was called Kids on Camera. Um a fabulous lady named Julie Berlin. Uh Judy Berlin um ran that school. She was a voice on Sesame Street and just super sweet lady. Uh she took a liking to me and uh some auditions I guess came across Uh, her office where they needed the voice uh, for some Macy's radio commercials, like back to school commercials. And uh, they needed, (laughs) they needed like a young teenage sounding guy. So, um, I mean, I was actually young and teenage at that time, even though I still voice all the young teenage guys. Um, But uh, she was like, Hey, why don't you audition for this? And it turned out to be something that I booked my very first audition, which was awesome. And then that turned into about 30 radio commercials for Macy's over the course of like a year.
0: Oh, well, that's great. Um,
1: yeah, and what, what's crazy is actually, so this was back before I was in the union or anything. This was literally my first audition. So I auditioned for them and booked it and started doing it. Didn't know that the Screen Actors Guild and the American Federation of Television and Radio Artists were on strike at that time. And, uh, I, so I was basically doing work that a union person should have been doing, uh, except that they were on strike. So while I was doing all of these radio commercials, the strike ended, they flipped the project back to union. I ended up getting into the union because they had already cast me and didn't want to cast someone else. So it also got me my, my, uh, my SAG card and my after card back in the day really easily, which was nice.
0: Wow. Um, Let's talk about the little kung fu thing. Are you? Do you see yourself? Do you want to like try to do something? New, want someday where you do like a movie or a TV show and it involves martial arts?
1: Um. I mean, I would absolutely love to. Like I said, I've been doing it since I was eleven. I still train. Um, I've got a. I, you know, I train a couple of different styles. I train traditional kung fu. I train um, judo as well. And uh, yeah, I mean, I would be lying if I. Didn't say that I had a secret fantasy to be, you know, the next Jackie Chan. But uh, <laughs> I also know that, you know, the guys who do stunts and the guys who do all these martial arts movies, they are so tough on their body and hats off to all of them because what they do is like, it, it's insanely difficult. Um, a lot of my martial arts buddies have gone the way of uh, the stunt world and all that stuff. And um, they deserve a lot more credit than and acknowledgement than they actually get. Um, For me, you know what, I feel I would be, if I, if the rest of my career was in animation and all I did was voiceover, I would be completely happy. Um, But what I also love to do uh, stuff that's on camera and what I also love to do anything martial arts related? Absolutely. You know, all of entertainment is kind of fun to me, so I just want to have a good time and I love it all. So kind of anything that comes my way, um, I would be excited about. Yeah, I mean
0: that's a that's a good thing that you love your job like that.
1: <laughs> it's true, and to be honest, if you don't love auditioning and you don't love uh, the industry, it is it can be horrible. You have to really love it to want to you know
0: do it. I yeah. think. Um, so you were selected for a kung fu documentary, correct? Yeah, yes, that's that is true. Yeah. Yes. do you want to tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, totally. Um, So I, gosh, so I've actually done two of them, um, both with the same production company. Um, The first one, so in 2000 and, gosh, when was it? Seven, maybe 2007. um, My mentor and martial arts instructor, um, Scott Yee uh, from Yee's Martial Arts in Hercules, California, um, he emailed me and said, hey, this opportunity came across my desk and I think you'd be perfect for it. And uh, it was from a production company out of the Bay Area looking for non-Chinese martial artists um, to take to China and see basically how the martial arts that they learned here in the States held up over there in the birthplace of the martial arts. So um, at that time, I was like, "Ah, I don't know if I can leave L.A., blah, blah, blah. And I just had this feeling. I had this this feeling deep down that if I applied, that I was going to get it. And so I didn't apply. And um, I had a talk with my teacher, my mentor, and he was like, what are you thinking? Why wouldn't you do this? <laughs> and I was like, ah, all right, well, okay, I'll do it. But that, by that time, I had waited too long and the deadline had passed. And he's like, you know what? You should still send it in. So I, I made a video. I sent in my application. And about a week later, I got an email that said, I'm sorry, but we've already selected our people. Thank you for applying. I was like, ah, man, I can't believe that. Then about two weeks later, I got a phone call and it was like, hey, um, we actually made a mistake and sent you the wrong email. We would love to meet you in person for the next round of like, not, they didn't audition, but the next round of interviews, we'll say. Yeah. So I ended up flying up to the Bay area. I met with them. They are, they are incredible. Um, The director of the documentary Duffy Wang um, was born in China um, was like graduated top of his class is very, very well-respected and well-known in China. Um, And he just has this passion for spreading Chinese culture to people, to non-Chinese and just like bridging the cultural gap to Um, show people the beauty of Chinese culture. So he and I hit it off because, I mean, I've always loved the Chinese culture. And um, obviously, you know, being in martial arts and stuff like that, I have a a pretty deep knowledge of the culture. So we hit it off right away, ended up getting this documentary. They flew me to China. Um, I got to travel all around China for three weeks. Um, We had uh, the most amazing food. I got to train with amazing martial arts instructors there. Um, we went to Wudong Mountain. We went to Emei Mountain. We went to the Shaolin Temple. Um, I got to train with some of the, like some um, high level um, military guys there, and uh, we toured the Beijing Wushu team or Beijing Wushu Institute and got uh, a tour of that and got to meet the team, which is like a national team. It's like a wushu is a national sport. It's essentially like. Kung Fu meets gymnastics and there's national, there's all different kinds of teams throughout all the different provinces of China. So we got to meet a couple of the teams. um, And that was during a time when they were pushing for that to be an Olympic sport. So um, everyone was just in peak, peak physical condition and it was all very, very amazing to see. And then, so I did that documentary with them uh, in 2007. And then again, in 2012, I got a call from Duffy, the director. He was like, Hey, we want to do a round two we want to take you to one location this time, which was the Shaolin Temple. And um, yeah, so we, we did a second trip, and that one focused all on the Shaolin monks um, and the abbot of the Shaolin Temple, who's like the head priest and kind of their daily life, their daily routine, and uh, how they travel across the world spreading knowledge about traditional Kung Fu. So it was all really, really amazing. The Man Cave
0: Chronicles on Twitter at the MCC Podcast. We'll be right back. Hey guys, Brian Padone here, founder of Quiet Punch. When I'm not listening to the Man Cave Chronicles, you can catch me filming one of my live workouts on QuietPunch.com. Check it out today. That's QuietPunch.com. This is Adam Nutter. And this is Greg Trout. And we're Nerds with Words, and you are listening to the BS Podcast Network. How similar is like the training like from that aspect, you know, like from, from here, you know, from training in the US and then you go to China to, to do it.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, so I, my teacher in the Bay area, uh, was Chinese born also, and he was from a very, very traditional school. Um, so it, the training there was equally as intense. I think, I mean, it, it really kind of depends on exactly what martial art style we're talking about in China. Like the, the stuff that was more for sport is way more intense in China. Um, they treat it like kind of like how we would treat training for, the Olympics in gymnastics in the U S um, you know, the, the, the Olympic athletes for gymnastics do, you know, they've got insane training regimens. Um, it's just a, it's just a whole other level as far as that style of martial art goes. Now the traditional Kung Fu stuff, I would say there's a, there are a lot of schools and a lot of teachers here in the United States that, um, I mean, it's right on par. So I didn't feel like I was behind or anything like that when I was there. Um, yeah, I felt like, you know, what I was performing for them and what I was showing the teachers that I was working with was all very well received um, when I was there, too. So, you know, hats off to my teachers yeah. here in
0: the, in the States. I mean, I mean that's a great experience it's just to even get a chance to do something like
1: that. Oh, man. I To be honest with you, the first time I went, I, I couldn't believe that they picked me um, and I was i thought to myself like oh this is such a once in a lifetime experience i gotta i gotta soak it all up and then when it happened the second time i told duffy the director i said i can't believe i'm having a once in a lifetime experience two times (laughs) so i totally i totally agree it was it was incredible
0: now you've done a voiceover for other cartoons as well correct or animations
1: yeah yep yep that's correct
0: yeah um so, uh, how is it doing? Like the Star Wars Clone Wars?
1: Oh man, Start doing doing voiceover on Star Wars Clone Wars was such a surreal experience. Um, first of all, they were super secretive during the audition process. It had a code. The series had a code name. Uh, my character, and, you know, I didn't even know my character's name. Um, and then when I booked the job, I had still had no idea what it was. I just had a location and a time. I <laughs> I was like, oh man, this is going to be some cruel cool joke or the The mob's gonna finally catch up to me, you know. Um, <laughs> I, so I, I showed up. I showed up to this uh, recording studio, not knowing what I was doing. And I walked in and uh, was handed a letter that said, "Dear Mr. MacArthur, on behalf of George Lucas, we would like to welcome you to the Star Wars family." And uh, I, you know, there's always a level of trying to play it cool when you're booking jobs and going on, you know, going and recording different things. And it's not people you work with all the time, or it's a new Um, it's a new show or something like that. Um, so, you know, I was trying to, I was trying to play it cool, but in, in my head, I was absolutely freaking out at that moment. Um, because, you know, I don't know, star Wars, are you, are you a star Wars fan? I, I don't, I think it's hard to not be a star Wars fan
0: at this point. I'm not like, you know, I have to wait till midnight to go and see it. But yeah, I mean, I think growing up and, you know, I grew up in the eighties, you know, everybody loved star Wars.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah. You know, you can't, even if you're not the diehard who's there at midnight, you're still, you're still probably going to see it in theaters and yeah. all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, you know, everyone knows Star Wars. So, of course, when I found that out, you know, it was an honor to be on such a huge oh, yeah. um, project. I'm, I'm pretty sure there was an, an Emmy-nominated show. I know Dave Filoni, the director of uh, Clone Wars, who's actually also the director on Star Wars Rebels that airs on Disney XD now. Um, he's just a phenomenal director. Um and yeah, the, the the episodes that I got to work on were super cool. I got the the villain of my story arc was enact uh, was voiced by an actor named Gary Anthony Williams, who's a hilarious comedian. Who, um, yeah, it's just I always will say that it was an honor to work on that show. Yeah, um, just because it, it's such an amazing property, and and the the voice cast was incredible.
0: And you've also done voices for video games, also.
1: Yeah, yeah. I've uh, I've done a couple of Final Fantasy games. Um, I'm going to be in the upcoming Far Cry Five, which I think is being released in February. It's either late January or early February. Um, I, I've been sworn to secrecy as far as what character or who I play in that uh, in that game. But I will say, <laughs> I don't know. Are you a gamer? Do you I play am. Games? Do yes, play
0: games? I'm more of like uh, I like the sports games than the new call of duty is
1: good oh nice which one world war Two? yeah yeah nice i'm playing that also although man i have never played a game upon release that has more bugs and more like just issues are you do you play multiplayer or are you playing the campaign
0: i i haven't tried the campaign yet i just had a my son was born a few weeks ago so it's been hard to try to play video games you know and taking care of kids and everything but gotcha. I, I haven't tried the campaign yeah. yet i've tried the online for a total okay. a total of maybe one hour
1: okay okay all right fair enough yeah uh the multiplayer is awesome congrats on your son thank you and once <laughs> you're welcome um once you once you get into it you'll see it's it's got like a bunch of glitches but So if you've played multiplayer, you kind of know like in these new video games, a lot of them sort of have like an open world experience as well as a multiplayer. So like for Call of Duty um, World War II, you go back to the headquarters and you can get missions and whatever and walk around the headquarters, but you hear people talking and all that stuff. So my character in Far Cry 5 isn't quite like that, but in other games, and I'll just speak very generally since I can't really say too much. Um... In other games, you can kinda there there are characters that you encounter that you can interact with um not only speak to them but you can also you know depending on what you're carrying with you you can punch them you can shoot them you can <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you can bump into them so uh needless to say, I'm very excited to get far cry five so I can mess with myself yeah. and uh <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, basically, just mess with me. Yeah. I mean, I
0: mean that's going to be a fun thing. You know, you get to see yourself in a video game, you know, in the voice, and like you could mess with yourself too.
1: Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be very cool. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Plus, you know, it's supposed to be, it's a highly anticipated title, which is very cool too, to be a part of something again with so much uh, hype behind it. And, uh, you know, the Far Cry series is, is a well respected and, and yeah. you know, fairly large title. So
0: I'm excited. Um, Who are some of your influences in the acting world? Like would you, would would you, when you knew you wanted to go be an actor?
1: Gosh, that is a great question. Um, You know, I will, I I would say I get this question a lot and I probably should, should really kind of like hunker down and, and think deeply about it. I am, I don't know if I'm unique in a sense that I, I've, never, I've never sort of like idolized anyone or, or really like, I don't know, this whole idea of celebrity has never really fallen upon me. I mean, everyone kind of is, in my mind, just doing their job and working hard. Yeah. Um, so the, the people that I've looked up to or, or seen as sort of like inspirations in my life haven't ever really been anyone that I don't know. Um, I really look up to my dad. Um, he's, a one of the hardest working people I've ever met. Um, and you know, so that I have, I'm grateful for sort of this work ethic that's been instilled upon me. Um, my martial arts teacher and mentor, um, that I mentioned earlier is another person who I've sort of sort of looked up to and seen as an inspiration. Um, not just because, uh, I mean, more, not, you know, not just because he's a hard worker, but just also, You know, I think there are parallels in everything. I think the common misconception about acting is that it's easy and that you get this, you know, you get all these cush jobs and you get to do like voiceover specifically. Oh, you get to go to work in your pajamas. It's like, well, no, I mean, I guess, I guess you could, (laughs) but you know, I also respect the work and that means I'm dressing nicely when I go to work and uh, not just showing up in whatever. Um, so I, I have, I have definitely have people in my life, uh, my older brother as well. I really look up to my older brother. I have these people in my life who have instilled this sense of work ethic, um, that I think whether or not it's in the industry, um, has a parallel of just the importance of working hard and yeah. not giving up and, you know, achieving your dreams because you worked hard to get them. Yeah.
0: And there's nothing wrong with that. And I, I liked your answer about your father cause I feel the same way.
1: Do you? Nice. Yeah, Yeah, man. It's uh, it's it's we we are both very lucky. Then you know, I know. uh, Obviously, there's a lot of different family dynamics out there in the world, and I I feel very very grateful. I come from a very supportive and loving family. I mean, of course, you know, people always ask me like, "Did your parents ever tell you like, oh, you know, when are you going to get a real job or anything like that?" And you know, of course, my (laughs) my mom would say, like, are you sure, you know, during the slow times and all that, which, you know, it was never, it was never doubt that I could do it. It was just, you know, of course, our, my parents want the best for me. But I, I'm, I'm constantly grateful that I have had supportive parents um, who have always just encouraged me to do what I've always wanted to do. So,
0: Have a question for the Man Cave Chronicles? Tweet them now at the MCC Podcast.
1: RotoWare.com.
0: RotoWare. Big shout out to the RotoWare uh, company. It's so goddamn comfortable. Can't recommend them enough, man. Yeah. High quality t-shirts. Shout out to RotoWare.com. You see me rocking the shirts on the videos and stuff like that. Where'd you get that?
1: RotoWare.
0: That is courtesy of RotoWare. It's just, it's
1: just the highest quality of shirts. Yeah,
0: I really like the baseball designs you got here. The shirt is beautiful.
1: Everybody who I've talked to who has the shirt basically says they can't believe how good the quality. is. Yeah, kid.
0: I've seen you've been getting a lot of love. You said you've been only running for a little over a month. CBS guys are tweeting out shirts i'm seeing fantasy personalities everywhere digging this guy's shirt
1: i love the run dfs
0: shirt it comes the baseball cards with all the different shirts on it rotoware on twitter check out rotoware.com oh my god is this, is this shirt making love to me right now like what's going on i love this shirt hey this is jeremy palco from the walking dead and you're
1: listening to the man cave chronicles
0: what is some advice that you would give to somebody that wants to become a voice actor
1: um, gosh, there's a lot of advice. Okay. So first of all, um, D Bradley Baker, who is an amazing voice actor. Um, you've heard his voice in literally everything. Uh, he has a website called I want to be a voice com. The first piece of advice would be go to, I want to be a voice com and read everything on there. Um, it is, and I, the, the URL is sort of cheesy, <laughs> but it has, it has insanely amazing information on there. Um, and I would encourage everybody to go read it. Um, I personally would say there's there's no replacement for hard work. So if it's what you really want to do, then hunker down, practice your voices, um, study acting, like take acting classes, whether it's theater or improv or on-camera acting class. Um, I, another common misconception about voice acting is that it's not real acting. Um, I would actually challenge that and say that it's – a lot more difficult because you only have your voice to convey, convey everything. Um, so you have to bring subtlety and everything through, uh, nuanced acting vocally as opposed to being able to use your body and all that stuff. Um, so I would say work hard, take some acting classes. And then lastly, and this is one that I think, especially in LA, uh, so many people don't do, uh, it's don't give up. Um, I've always said, all right, I, even if I'm not the best, even if I'm not, uh, having opportunities right now, I will, I will be here until somebody recognizes me or until somebody, and I don't mean recognizes me like, Oh, Hey, there's Adam MacArthur. I just mean like, you know, notices that I'm still here and gives me an opportunity. So you got, you got to be in it for the long haul. So hunker down, work hard, take some acting classes and then stick with it. Just keep going. That's great.
0: How do you try to improve on your acting skills to keep up with everybody?
1: Um, so, gosh, I, so I've been in L.A. for about 14 years. Um, I studied acting for longer than I was, I've been here. So I've been doing it for a really long time. And I, I have personally found that um, what helps me the most when I'm behind the mic or in front of the camera is doing things in my day-to-day life that make me feel like me. So what I mean by that is like uh, there was a brief period of time where um, I kind of stopped doing martial arts and I thought, you know, I had to I couldn't spend any time other than uh, doing anything else other than acting or like taking class and stuff like that. And what started to happen was I started to overthink things and try and make it more about a technique instead of remembering that a lot of what what made me good or what brought what I brought to the table was. That I was me and there's no one else like me. So, um, what I do is I try and not put too much pressure on myself when it comes to acting. It, it's, it is, um, it's definitely my career and it's what I love to do. Um, but it's not what makes me, me. It's not the be all end all. If I never worked another job again, I'm thankful for what I've had. So it's okay. Um, so I try and do things that I enjoy. Um, I like to do martial arts. Um, I've been rock climbing with a buddy lately. Um, anything adventurous, uh, you know, hanging out with my family. Um, i got a pretty awesome dog that I love to hang out with. Um, I have a side business, um, which is uh, takes up a lot of time. So I, you know, do a lot of stuff with that. And, yeah, all of that to say, you still do need to take acting class and all that. But I think for me personally, doing things that make me feel fulfilled as a person help me become a better actor. All
0: right. I mean, that is a
1: it's great advice what you just
0: would you just gave out. Um do you um what are your, some of your favorite like current TV shows?
1: Um okay. So like oh gosh. Okay. Uh, what am I watching right now? ah so okay well my favorite guilty pleasure show (laughs) this is so lame i cannot get enough of the show called the challenge on mtv and it's so lame uh but it's like all it's basically like people from the real world over the years but they all they put them all in a house and they make them do all these challenges it's kind of like survivor okay but like the more the more immature version but they do all these cool challenges and i i'm I love games. I'm a board game guy. I'm a physical game guy, like sports, anything like I love, I love a good competition. I don't care about winning. I just like having like competition is fun to me. So this, that show is my guilty pleasure show. Um, what else? Uh, I, what else is on? Uh, let's see. Um, I'm a fan of the universe as far as animated shows go. Um, I of think what's in my like Hulu and Netflix queue. I'm I'm almost done. I'm so late to the game with Stranger Things season 2, um but I'm like halfway through that, so I'm watching that right now. Um I love Shark Tank. I'm, I I I'm a fan of the business shows, Shark Tank and The Profit. Yeah. Um those are these kind of like, you know, businessy type shows. Oh yeah. Um you you watch those too? I yeah,
0: when they're on, you know, I'll leave it in the background if I'm doing something, but yeah.
1: they're they're really good background background tv shows um gosh i feel like there's something else
0: i know the punisher got released today are you looking forward to watching that
1: oh did it nice yeah actually i will uh i will totally uh take part in the punisher yeah i think everybody yeah i'll definitely watch that are you uh, are you excited to watch justice league
0: I am. I'm behind on some movies, so I still need to watch, you know, Batman versus Superman too. I bought it on Blu-ray. Haven't watched it yet. But did from, you? Okay. But from what I read online, even this new movie is not getting uh, good reviews.
1: No. Yeah, I think. Uh, I think I'm probably gonna skip it if I'm being honest. Sadly, I. I want to love it so bad. I mean, I have. I have. What? Yes, I want to love it so bad, but I don't want to taint it either. Because at some point. At some point, there will be a good Justice League movie, and I don't want to have to say when I see that one, like, oh man, thankfully, yeah. like thankfully, because that other one was so horrible. I would rather just pretend like this one didn't happen. But you know, I do, I do have some friends who did additional voice work and ADR on it, so for that reason, I will probably see it and support my friends and yeah. and all of that. But but I'm a uh, man come on come on dc i know i don't gotta do better yeah gotta do better
0: i mean i mean and a lot of people even the batman or superman they didn't give it a a good rating
1: right yeah i know struggle they're on the struggle bus and uh (laughs) and
0: lastly what uh what future future projects are you looking forward to
1: um, well, gosh. He, the bummer about voiceover is I'm not allowed to talk about a ton of stuff. Okay. Um, the good thing is once I can talk about it, I usually post it on my social media. Um, so I can keep people in the loop you know, relatively soon once I, once I hear about it. Um, season three of Star vs. the Forces of Evil, we're about halfway through. Um, we just had our mid-season finale, so the, the episodes that are remaining are going to be a lot of fun. Uh, the second half of this season is just insanity. So for anyone watching Star vs. the Forces of Evil, be super excited because uh, you know we're going to see we're going just we're going to see a lot more kind of unexpectedly cool stuff. Yeah. Um, and I, the sh- the cool thing about the show too is, in, we're in this cool era of of animated shows where we have this through line of plot arc. So they're not just these one-off kind of silly episodes. We're getting a lot of character development and a lot of plot development. Um, so it's really cool to be a part of a show that has a lot of that also. So, yeah, anyway, I'm, I'm super excited for the remainder of season three. Um, and then, like I said, Far Cry 5 coming out. Yep. Um, I'm also the voice of Disney XD. So, uh, you know, in between episodes of your favorite show on Disney XD, you'll hear me uh, kind of telling you what's coming up next and, uh, and all that stuff. So, yeah, and then and then more to come on my on my socials. My Instagram is at Ninjamac, my uh, N-I-N-J-A-M-A-C. My Twitter is underscore Adam M. Um, and, yeah, as, as soon as I can release more info, I will definitely be posting up there. All right. Well,
0: uh, I would like to thank you for coming on. It was fun, and the stories were great.
1: Awesome. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. All right.
0: And uh, hopefully in a few months you'll come back on and tell us what uh, other things you're working on.
1: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Tell so you you guys will get the you'll get the exclusive scoop. There okay. you go. <laughs> All right. <laughs> awesome.
0: Um, but yeah, thanks for coming on.